hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And welcome to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 106. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, proud sponsors of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Check them out online. Uh, my name's Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com, and joining me each and every week, the other bloke talking tech. There is no spill on here. We're rock solid from techguide.com.au. Stephen Fennick, g'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. You know you got my full support. We're solid to the end. <laughs> that's in, in football terms, that's really bad. Like The full support of the board is the worst thing you could possibly have in football, <laughs> exactly. isn't it? Exactly. Kiss to death. I don't know how it works in politics, but it certainly in podcasts means we are united together uh, to bring you the latest in technology each and every week uh, for about 30 minutes. Um, we'll run you through the stories that we think are, uh, are big and the products that we think are important to you. And uh, we do it here, as I said, thanks to Netgear. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And pretty hard not to kick it off this week with the Samsung Galaxy S4. Now, I was uh, I was in Melbourne last week and, and the timing of the Samsung launch was perfect in New York. It was like 10 or 9 o'clock our time or 10 o'clock our time. Yeah. So yeah. sat around watching the, uh, the live stream and it was the most bizarre press launch or, or launch of a product I've ever witnessed in my life, and <laughs> I hope to goodness that no one else does the same thing. This theatrical, bloody acting. It was and, on Broadway, don't forget. Yeah, Brad. whatever. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. just weird. Anyway, um, the device, as we speculated last week, uh, looks pretty much exactly the same as the Samsung Galaxy S3, um, and they haven't been canned as much as I would have thought for that as uh, as I predicted, because, uh, you know, Apple gets canned when they don't change the device, but the, the specs are better, it's lighter, it's kind of... Literally, this is just Apple all over again. It's thinner, it's lighter, it's faster, all those things. But to me, the focus, Stephen, was was really on on the features of the software, not the actual device. Yeah. Um, and, and the number one thing that stands out to me, and, and after we talk about the Galaxy, we might just touch on phones generally, but bottom line is cameras are the most important thing. And the, the feature that, that I, I remember every time from from this, this launch was this uh, using the front and back camera. So you've got a father taking a photo okay. of a family and it uses the front camera to take a photo of the father while he's taking the photo and it puts like a postage stamp on the photo so you can see you as part of the picture. And I just go, you know what? Couldn't you just give the phone to someone else and take a photo of you all? I don't know. <laughs> Nobody misses out then, do they? But yeah. uh, no, I, I agree, Trevor. I think it's, you know, the hardware, it's kind of, they've done all they can do. Although I'm surprised they didn't mention the eight core processor, which mm. I thought was a bit of a standout feature for mine. I thought that that would have been uh, heavily emphasized. But um, the uh, they've managed to fit a bigger screen in uh, into mm-hmm. the same size device, which I thought was pretty good. It's obviously got a thinner frame around the edge of the screen there. Uh, but now the, I think the features, though, uh, they sound really good on paper, mm. but will you actually use them? Like, exactly. I'm thinking like with the eye scrolling, that's terrific. They are smart scroll, smart pause. They're great features and you know got a bit of a wow factor during the presentation. You know, but are you going to actually use these things? Like, I don't know. It, it's it's something that we're yet to see. I, I, I can't wait to get my hands on it to try it. 
Uh, Air view, I think that's a handy feature that's carried over from the Note 2 and the Note 10.1. So rather than using the S Pen, you hover your finger over an email or a document or whatever and you get a preview. Uh, air gestures, that, that's another one that I like too where you can actually gesture control, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, you go through your browser or you know, control your music, answer calls, things like that. I think the silliest demonstration though on uh, this over-the-top Broadway-style presentation was the group play. You know, that's the feature where mm. you can all stream the same music through your phones mm. and there were five ladies on stage dancing with their Galaxy S4s all in a group. Now, yeah. I, I, I can't imagine a lot of people doing that, but anyway, like finding five people with the same device and then being able to coordinate the music through five devices, mm. I think it's going to be have to be a highly organized I party think, for that to happen. I think but, I fell uh, asleep by that point in the presentation, <laughs> but but what's here's what's interesting to me, and, and again, I'm, I'm going to throw this back uh, at the Apple thing uh, the Apple kind of comparison, and, and say to you this. Um, so the device is similar, right? So let's call it a, a 4 to a 4S comparison, okay? Uh, Galaxy S3 to a Galaxy S4, similar device, better specs, uh, new software. Here's my problem. You know, you've got a Galaxy S3. You, you don't get all these things. Like, why Why isn't Samsung making commitments to its, its customers, its loyal customers with the Samsung Galaxy S3, that a lot of these features, which are frankly software-driven, yes. um, won't be available to them as well, um, just by default, in the same way that with iOS, with Apple, they, they roll everything out. Now, of course, importantly, some features with iOS are only device-specific, like Siri is not available, I think, on the 4, but it is on the 4S. 4S. No, you're right. And, that, 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 that's a great point, and, and you're right. Right. There is a, there is a lot of I know it is software driven. A lot of these features are software part of the software, but there is a bit of hardware involved. I think oh, especially sure. with the eye scrolling that that's using the camera, I guess, and maybe that the stronger camera that's on the on the device. The air view, I think, is something that I don't. You need. There's a bit of hardware involved there as well. But no, I, I, you know, but I think that's that's what you how you mentioned with the iOS updates. That's Apple's strength. I think Phil Schiller, the vice president, senior vice president for marketing over at Apple, who does all the presentations now in in place of Steve Jobs, he actually came out in the press a few days before the Galaxy S4 announcement to try to deflate it a little bit. Mm. And he was commenting on the fact that the iOS, well, they're sort of not iOS, the OS, the Android OS, is a year old. Mm. So he, he was commenting on the fact that it's an old uh, piece of software. Uh, but these, the smart scroll, smart pause, these are all Samsung features, not necessarily Android That's features. Right. So not every device is going to have these. So this is in the UI on top of Android, hmm. which is so why, that, which that's, is that's why kind I, of the differentiator for me. It's like trying to choose a PC laptop. Yeah, they're all Windows eight, but they've all got their own quirks, design, and all these other little UI enhancements. Samsung here, are obviously, trying to get to the top of the pile with their new enhancements, but you know, obviously, they've got the hardware to back it with you know, thirty megapixel camera, bigger screen, faster processor, so that it's got some grunt to run it. Yeah, and look, all I reflect on with that, that conversation about the 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 operating system, the, the rollbacks is, you know, maybe the issue for uh, for for Samsung is they li- they literally have too many devices that people would expect it on on so many things. They need it really just to be specific to the Galaxy flagship, but and even the Galaxy name is, is used on so many devices. But look, I think it's a great looking phone. I think it'll smash it in the market just like the the, the Galaxy S3 has. Absolutely. It has a lot more competition now. Just quickly before we talk about other things, um, you know, just just put your hand out and count on your fingers the, the big phones right now. iPhone 5, still a big phone. Galaxy S4, um, Sony Xperia Z, uh, yeah. LG Optimus G, uh, HTC One. I mean, these are all... The Z10 you said already, the BlackBerry. Uh, yeah, the BlackBerry Z10. As There's well. six phones, right? There's six phones. You can't count them on one hand. These are all top quality 
phones and, and a tough decision. And, and now, though, but Samsung are going to be at the end of the line. We're not going to see the Galaxy S4 till the end of April. Hmm. So I think a lot of these other companies are thinking, well, do we get sales now? Or we're here in market now. Hmm. Samsung are not out till the end of April. I think there's going to be a lot of people waiting for the Samsung device. But you think of also, you know, the, the, the elephant in the room is Apple. Yep. Now, what's their move? Now, we, we potentially... If they stick to their pr- current product model, their, their, their uh, rollout of products, they usually wait 12 months. Hmm. We're, we're talking September, October before we see a new iPhone. We won't now, see it till August. I suspect August. they'll bring it for, forward. I, I suspect that we're going to see a new iPhone probably July, August. Yeah. But that still gives the Galaxy S4 probably four clear months in the market before there's an Apple competitor. So it's going to be very, very interesting times in the smartphone market. Yeah, I... I, I don't think that has as big an impact as we would think it does. I think they could come out in August, mid to late August, and still, you know, still blow the sales away because I'm, I'm not sure that people are, are literally going, oh, four months, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to get this one. I, th- I think it's really people that are that, that close to switching are yeah. probably going to switch. Or people- think of the pressure, though. I've never had, I've never felt that there's as much pressure on Apple this year as ever before. No, no. The pressure on them now to come up with a device that's going to give it, still have that wow factor, have that traditional Apple iconic design and look and feel, I really think that, that they're going to have to come up with something really special to not only meet, satisfy everyone's high, naturally high expectations, but also stave off this competition that's now in the market. One word, camera. They have to keep innovating in the camera space because it, to me, I look at the HTC One, right? And I played with the HTC One last week for a while uh, in Melbourne. And, you know, some of the really, really cool camera features they've got are a bit, you know, would I really use this every day? But the features exist, and that's what matters, right? The feature exists. And then you've got the LG Optimus G, and you've got the, the Samsung Galaxy S4. All these things have huge, huge camera benefits. That's what Apple and has to get right. too. Screen size. Mm-hmm. Apple are going to look silly. I'm going to say it. Apple are going to look silly if they stick to a four-inch screen. No. Amid all these other big phones, Apple are going to look miniature. No, I think they've I got think, to do it. No, they stick to it. If I'm Apple, I stick to my screen size. No, no, I reckon you build an iPhone HD, build like a five-inch screen, and then keep your normal iPhone five or four as your maybe your four as your entry level, five as your mid-range HD as your hero product. Yeah, well, I, I don't see it happening. That's Tim where Cook, we differ. He's a regular listener. I hope he's uh, hope he's paying attention. Tim, uh, we look forward to uh, you settling this bet uh, for us when we when we see the new iPhone later in the year. Um, and you can read more about the Galaxy S four at Stephen's website, techguide.com.au. Well, it is it is very hard to get away from Samsung uh, in the in the past week. I think I've written mm. about four stories in the past week about what they're doing, and it includes this one, which actually came to light today, is the fact that Samsung have confirmed they are working on a smartwatch. Now, the rumors have been around for quite a while that Apple were also uh, producing an iWatch uh, that would could possibly either stand alone as a device, we don't know yet, it could be its own little phone, or can work with your current iPhone, iPad, things like that. I think mm. I suspect the Samsung device will stand alone. It'll be just basically a, a really basic mobile phone that you can strap to your wrist. The sort of the wearable technology trend, I think, is what a lot of people are talking about. But I think what this has done, if Apple aren't 
well, if, if it was just a rumor, I think this has probably pushed it into fact now. I think Apple, this is going to force their hand to produce an iWatch. Yeah, I, I still don't see anyone doing a whole phone in your in your wrist. I see them always being a companion device because there there's so much money in the in the main device in the phones, and and, uh, and so I think that they want to have both. They want to have the phone and the companion. So I always see the watch being a companion, but I think it's just how well they link them together. Like you know, you can you can imagine again. We talk cameras. You can imagine shutter activation from your watch and all that kind of stuff yeah. in the very simple form. Let alone you know reading notifications and things. So a couple oh. of things though. A couple of things. The glo- I wrote this story on Tech Guide today. The global watch industry is worth $60 billion a year. That's mm. a big pot. Mm. So I think it, a company that makes a decent watch with, with a gadgety type watch such as a company like Samsung and Apple, I think they stand to make some money. But yeah. and on the other side of the coin though, Trev, you think of this, and I don't know whether you fall into this category, how many people, especially if you're under 30, for example, maybe younger, mm. how many people still wear watches? Oh. Anyone under 30, 25 and under possibly as well, they're always looking at a screen with the time on it. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right, but I, I think watches, and we discussed this recently, watches are the new headphones. They're, they're, they're the new fashion accessory, and I think people at all ages are buying watches uh, to suit their lifestyle. And I think you know your billion-dollar industry or whatever it is, is probably we need to have that. It's like saying social media is you know X, Y, Z size when you include YouTube, which isn't really social media. Um, watches, we need we know the smart smartwatch industry because you know if you take Tag and Breitling or Breitling and, and all those big yeah. guys out of it. Long well, jeans, yeah. What, what's the real watch industry for the average yeah. person that this is targeted at? Yeah. But, you know, well, what this proves is that this is absolutely the next playing field for these big companies. And, and the, I, you know, we are so getting close to the, to the you know, Inspector Gadget, Dick Tracy kind of, you know, the crazy smart watch. It, it's really <laughs> well, exciting. should be noted, though, that there are already some smart watches on the market. Like there's the Pebble. Yep. There's a, an Italian company producing I'm Watch, not an iWatch, an mm, I mm. apostrophe M, I'm Watch. Uh, I think Sony have got a, a smartwatch that works with their their smartphones I, uh, as well. I've got two. I've got the Cuckoo and I've got a Casio. I mean, they're, go, they're, the they're only Bluetooth, but um, but they're but yeah. they're smart. Well, uh, I think we can expect to see one with a well, definitely one with a Samsung logo on it, but now uh, one with a, a nice Apple logo on it. Trevor. We shall wait and see. So, uh, watches Samsung. What's going to happen? Stand by on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now we spoke um, a while ago about the the Wemo uh, range of products from Belkin, which is kind of this home automation stuff, and they've launched. And I was talking to the guys at Belkin about this uh, a little while ago. And this is really cool. Launched a, a smartphone monitor, um, baby monitor, which uses the Wemo system. So it's basically, you know, turns your your iPad or your iPhone into a, a baby monitor um, over either the Wi-Fi or your cell network. You know, your your mobile phone network. Um, and you know, it's a really good addition to this range, mate. Because you know, you download the app, and and bingo, you, you're monitoring your, your child uh, without the need to get all those extra things. And I, I got to say, this having been through this, it's 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 a disappointment for me because I've, I've I've missed the opportunity to have all this cool stuff in my life when I when I need, <laughs> need it at all. But um, but well, very you think very your kids cool. are old too old. How about yeah. me then? You, you're, <laughs> I've definitely mate, missed it. No, no, you're, you're you're close to it, mate, because you'll be you'll be using this for your grandkids, mate. Oh, come on, mate! <laughs> don't don't, don't uh, not too soon, anyway. But I I really like the Wemo range. For it's been a big success for Belkin. So the the ability to control your devices using your smartphone. 
Uh, we also saw they're going to introduce a light switch too, which is a Wemo product. And now this latest Wemo product, the baby monitor, uh, it's sort of taken – it's the 21st century baby monitor really, isn't it? So mm. the, the small device that fits in the nursery connects to your wireless network. You then download the free app and you can hear in, in high-quality audio if your child stirs. But there is an option for you to go to the uh, advanced version of the app, which will cost you 5 dollars forty nine a month. Mm. But what that adds, though, is advanced monitoring. Like uh, you get cry notifications. You get a text message if there's crying or an email. You can also look at the cry history information and even an analysis of the baby's crying and sleep patterns. So you can really dive deep into those stats and work out what your child, why your child is crying maybe. I don't know. It's almost like it reminds you of that episode of The Simpsons where the, the uh, Homer's long-lost <laughs> brother comes and invents the baby, the yeah, baby talk yeah. monitor. This could be it. I think, to be honest, I think it's awesome. Great technology, but it's overthinking it. From a parental point of view, there'll be first-time parents out there analysing this thing crazy Take it from me, and Stephen won't remember this deeply, but you know what? <laughs> After the first kid, the second and third just become, you know why they're crying? Because they're kids, and uh, they're either hungry <laughs> or they've wet their nappy so or whatever. You don't think that people will pay the extra to get the cry analysis? Yeah, I'm, I, no, I think first-time parents will absolutely smash will, it. Course, they would yeah. pay tens of thousands for it because you just want to know. But after a while, you go, you know what, kid's crying. Who's, it's, more, <laughs> it's more a matter of who's getting up, not um, why or yeah. can we analyse. Just play but, dead, Trev. That's what I used to do, mate. Just yeah, play dead. Yeah, oh, mate, I'm, I'm the best deep sleeper in the history of the world. <laughs> um, but my wife did find out recently I'm also a very good fake sleeper. So anyway, stand by. Um, so, yes, the, the Wemo, uh, great system, and available in, in May for 100 bucks is the, the Wemo baby um so pretty cool stuff and uh, you can have a look at it it's a funky looking device and the, and the app looks really sleek and you can uh, see more of that and read about it uh, on steven's website techguide.com.au and as we tell you each and every week all thanks to the good people at netgear and we uh, thank them for their continued support of two blokes talking tech and don't forget netgear have that great range of wireless range extenders and uh, netgear Wireless range extenders improve wireless coverage to eliminate dead zones in your home network. Range extenders ensure a reliable connection and expanded coverage area for your wireless network. And they've got they've got three basic ranges of products, but um, you know, in in simple terms, two styles: one that you know stand up, looks like a normal router, but it's it's a range extender, and the other one is like a, a PowerPoint, and it's literally like a double adapter. You plug it into your PowerPoint; it's got a couple of antennas. Press a few buttons and it connects to your network and you've expanded your wireless network into points of the home where you weren't getting wireless before. Great stuff for your home. Uh, and if you've got a dead zone in your home, check out the Netgear website, netgear.com.au for all the information and some advice on how to get that happening in your home. Now, I think we've known about this for a long time. We're getting ripped off here big time when it comes to mobile phones, but it's not just the, the pure mobile phone plan that where we're getting ripped off. And there was some really interesting stuff from uh, Whistleout come out this week that talked about how, you know, there are actually some really innovative product ranges in terms of plans on a shared basis overseas that allow, for example, the Fennec family who have, you know, multiple phones, multiple accounts, multiple devices uh, to say to their telco, hey, we, we love you. We're committed to you. Bundle us up. So give us give us six SIM cards. Give us, you know, X amount of data between those SIM cards and give us a single amount to pay. That's not happening here. And we are getting dudded big time, aren't we, mate? 
Are we ever? Yeah, this was an interesting study by Whistle Out. Now, it did it did show, though, in all fairness, that our individual plans for, say, one device, one smartphone, is actually cheaper here in the US when you compare them. Oh, yeah. But when it comes to the plans where if it's a family, and, and my family is a great example, we've all got iPhones uh, and all use data in the house. I think uh, there should be a bucket that we can all share, a data bucket, because not everyone is going to use four gig of data. I think even between a few people, it's going to take a lot to use that. Now, as it stands, we all need to have individual accounts, uh, individual bills, and it's it's just really hard to manage. I think Aussie telcos uh, would, would win a lot of customers by uniting the, the mm. plans, having making it worthwhile to be to all together with the one telco, giving them some incentive to stick with that telco as well, and this way... I think that would prove, I think Whistleout's analysis say that we're missing out on potential savings of up to $1,600 over 24 months, and that's a significant amount. I wouldn't mind predicting that this is actually the next space for these low-cost carriers. You're a Maysim, probably not Kogan, but if he was smart, he'd do it, but certainly a Maysim, you know, really need a way to come back to life after the launch of, you know, Aldi and and Kogan and stuff. This is is how they could do it. You know, they've nailed the kind of seniors market, they've nailed the low-spend market. What about nailing the family market? And um, the problem is... You know, families versus small businesses. You don't really don't want to get caught in the small business space with this kind of plan. You really just want to be dealing with families. But that's the thing, Trevor. That they offer Optus, Telstra. They offer plans for business, business customers. Yeah. So you got a you got a, a fleet of phones with your sales team. They can all take advantage of free calls between each other and and I think data. But why not offer that to regular customers and the families? Yeah, yeah. I th- I th- it just proves that um, you know we can do better. And uh, we need to put pressure on 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 yeah. Australia. Well, Whistle out for pointing it out too. I think no, no, absolutely. They do a great job analysing plans and uh, analysing where, where we're getting good deals and uh, where we're not. Uh, and I, I really enjoy what they do. And, and that to, for them to give this kind of analysis really helps. And uh, I, I, I'm assuming that uh, people can read more about that survey at TechGuide.com.au, mate. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, we saw at CES uh, all the major companies announcing their new televisions, and Panasonic have actually uh, officially revealed them here in Australia uh, with a launch from next month. Now, the range is actually quite large. There's 25 new televisions, six plasma models, 19 LED models, and all with mostly smart features, most of them 3D as well. New features include things like voice recognition. Uh, They've also got built-in cameras so that there's face recognition so you can actually set up an account. It can detect you as a user and then automatically switch it to your profile so all your favorites there, your favorite streaming Mm. services and all your apps are there as well. Uh, There's also a swipe and share feature which allows you to link your iOS or Android device to uh, easily move content between the TV and the the tablet uh, as well. So uh, interesting range from Panasonic. Uh, the LCD LED models also have uh, IPS panels, which is uh, short for in-plane switching, which means that you get great quality and also a very wide viewing angle. So if you're sitting on an extreme angle, you can still see the screen quite clearly. It's good to see, though, that Panasonic are hanging in there with plasma. I'm a big fan of plasma. Panasonic makes some of the best on the market, but plenty to choose from from April. And it was interesting timing because there was plenty of rumours around just over the last few days that they were getting out of plasma in terms of the factories and stuff like that. So it is maybe this is their last attempt. Maybe this is the last ditch at, yeah. uh, at, at doing it. But 
because it's a tough market, TVs. You know, it's Absolutely. a bloody hard market. And, you know, Panna make great stuff, as we said, but you think about, you know, the, the attention we were able to give them at CES because they didn't really have anything mind-blowing there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Samsung and LG are obviously going to come back at them with their range from April also. So March looks like it's smartphone month. April, May is going to be, are going to be the smart TV months. Samsung and, and LG have both got some pretty spectacular devices, some panels up, up their sleeves, including some OLED TVs, which we'll see, I think, around April, May as well. So it's good to see that Panasonic have decided to get out there first uh, and offer these and and pretty reasonable prices too. Like the very latest plasma, to say that for example, their fifty inch, uh, their P fifty ST sixty A. If you want to know the model number, seventeen ninety nine, and that's got all the bells and whistles. Fifty inch plasma, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, pretty good value if you ask me. If you're a fan of plasma, yeah, nice stuff. And uh, again, as we as we've said, it's it's good quality uh, TV. Don't absolutely doubt that, and uh, well worth checking out if you're in the market for a new TV. The Panasonic range. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, before we get to your many minute minute reviews, um, you uh, you were down in Melbourne, like we we passed like ships in the night, as we said last week. But uh, you were down in Melbourne at their new Samsung store down there in yep. Highgate, and uh, you got a quick look there at the, the Samsung Galaxy Note Eight, which yes, is an eight inch tablet, uh, you know, iPad Mini competitor size, if you want to say that, and you know the the big brother to the Samsung Galaxy Note Two. I don't know; it's just ridiculously hard to to follow, but yep. it looks like a nice device, mate. It is, absolutely. Well, if the Galaxy Note 2 is the Galaxy S3 on steroids, the Galaxy Note 8 is the Galaxy Note 2 with peptides, I think, with all <laughs> these, these these drugs going around. But um, the Note 8 is a direct competitor to the iPad Mini. There's pictures on Tech Guide of me actually holding it in my hand. Easy to hold in one hand, like the iPad Mini. But the difference with the iPad Mini and the Note 8 is the fact that it's running Android for a start, but also it's got the S Pen. So the ever-handy S Pen there to allow you to write on the screen. It's a good-sized tablet to write on. I think great for students and even anyone who just needs to take notes during the day. The, the, the Galaxy Note 10.1 is good if you're sort of on, on the desk or on a table, but the Note 8 is a good size for you to take with you and, and write notes on the go. Very light. Only weighs, mate. You'll be, you'll be like this. It only weighs three. 338 grams so even you can hold this for extended periods trev but um uh, it's it's out in mid to late april wi-fi only to begin with it's going to cost 459 for the wi-fi model but down the track though i was told that the 3g slash 4g version will also be able to make phone calls so it can be a phone as well now i don't know how smart you're going to be looking holding this giant device to your head but i'm sure there's bluetooth on board that can allow to get you around that anyway. Honestly, don't. Just don't. What, what, just don't. I mean, that's like taking photos with an iPad. Please don't. I see plenty of people do that. It's embarrassing. Photos. It's embarrassing. It should never happen. You know, you shouldn't be holding up a device 10 inches or bloody 8 inches in size to take <laughs> photos. It's embarrassing, people. Don't do it. Uh, but if you are interested in the Samsung Galaxy Note 8, Stephen's uh, not only written about it, not only can you read the prices, but you can see it in his uh, model-like hands uh, <laughs> on techguide.com.au. You've picked two very obscure-sounding products uh, for this week's Minute Reviews. Uh, tune to air Bluetooth? Yes, well, iPod docks, in-car music systems. 
rather than you have it now, the, I'm talking the old 30-pin dock connector. What happened when the iPhone 5 came out? The, the dock didn't fit. If you had an iPhone 5, you had an old dock, no can do. But with this new product from Vizio, it's the Tune-to-Air Bluetooth adapter. So what it basically does, fits on the 30-pin connector on your dock or in your car, and it can wirelessly connect to your iPhone, iPad, or iPod. So you don't need the connection anymore. It streams it uh, pretty good quality over, over the air. So that old iPod dock, even though you've got the new iPhone, will still work. Now, in your car, if, if you've got a fitted kit, so if you drive a Merc, an Audi, BMW, or a V-Dub with their in-car kits with the old 30-pin connector, all you need to do is connect the tune-to-air adapter, and you can wirelessly connect to your iPod or your iPhone. I've tested this in my car. You still get all the displays up on the, on the screen, and the beauty of having it wireless is now to my iPhone, I can now choose any of my streaming music services and have literally 20 21 million tracks at my disposal to hear while I'm driving in my car. Priced at $99, it's available from mrmobile.net.au, the Vizio tune-to-air Bluetooth adapter. Rightio. Now, another obscure name, <laughs> the iCrib. Yeah, well, this is a interesting. I've described this in my story as a low-tech solution for a high-tech product. It's a mini beanbag. Now, it's about the size of a football. It's already filled with beans. And what it is designed to do is provide a stable platform for your iPad, your tablet, or your e-reader, whether you wanted to sit on a desk, whether you're laying down on the lounge and you want to rest it on your lap. Uh, it comes with its own little smartphone pocket. You can also fit uh, a pair of headphones in there if you need to, so they're within easy reach. And they're available in a number of colors and materials. There's zebra patterns, there's cord patterns, blue denim, dots, heart shapes, uh, every, all kinds of patterns and colors, chocolate color, black color, red. Uh, only priced at $29.95. It's from a company called Life. There's a link to where you can buy them on techguide.com.au, but uh, might make a good Mother's Day present uh, in the coming months. But again, a low-tech solution at an affordable price for your high-tech devices. Big important question. Does it come with the beans? Yes, it does. Comes wow. pre-filled. You weren't listening, Trevor. I Whoa. said that. Oh, no, I'm it does a... come full of beans, just like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not always full of beans. But right now, I am pumped and full of beans because I, I love the idea of the iCrib. And you can ha- check out some great photos of that uh, at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Another one in the can, my friend. And uh, each and every week, we're here for 30 minutes, bringing you the latest in technology. You can uh, follow us. Uh, go to twoblokestalkingtech.com, and uh, that'll give you the Facebook page where all the, all the episodes are. But most importantly... Go to iTunes, check it out there, or uh, at techguide.com.au. You can listen to both Two Blokes Talking Tech and the Tech Guide podcast, and you can go to yourtechlife.com to listen to my podcast, Your Tech Life. Stephen, uh, thank you, mate, and talk to you next week. Been a pleasure. Talk to you next week, Trevor. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.